TED Audio Collective. Hey, listeners, we've got something a little different for you today. We're sharing an excerpt at the very beginning of an eight-part series that we really like, one that asks one of the most pressing questions we all face— How do we protect a place, and what even makes it ours to protect in the first place? This series is called Guardians of the River. It won the Nonfiction Award at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it just won Best Podcast of the Year at the Jackson Wild Film Festival. The story takes place over a series of National Geographic expeditions in the Okavango River Basin, home to the largest population of elephants in southern Africa. From here, it twists and turns through the mysteries of water, landmines, a mythical dragon, and many deep examinations of ethics and conservation. The podcast is hosted by Angolan biologist Kerlin Costa. Oh, and by the way, it has a ton of super immersive sound design, so definitely listen with your best headphones. If you like what you hear, you can check out more wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. As a listener of the show, you know the climate is changing the way we live our lives in some big ways. I want to tell you about another podcast that can help you get your head around the crisis. It's called Climate One. The show is hosted by Greg Dalton and Ariana Brocious, two journalists who have been covering climate for years. Each week, they get behind the headlines and talk with the experts and activists, politicians and artists who are shaping the way our world responds to climate change. People like Senator Cory Booker and the legendary Jane Fonda. These are really smart, in-depth conversations that cover all aspects of climate change, from cutting-edge solutions like geothermal energy to the ways you can lower your carbon footprint just by considering what's in your closet. New Climate One episodes drop every week. Find them on Fridays, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a place of life, death, and mystery, and it's called the Okavango Delta. The life is the water, and the water knows no borders. It twists and turns through Angola and Namibia until it converges in Botswana, spreading into one mighty freshwater delta called the Okavango. The delta and the rivers that feed it are the beating heart of water for the inhabitants of three countries in southern Africa. 
thousands of elephants. Millions of birds. And hundreds of hippos. But sometimes, the water doesn't feel the delta, and no one really knows why. For centuries, during the driest parts of the year, seasonal floods have interrupted the Kalahari Desert, the largest continuous stretch of sand on the planet. Without the water, the desert takes over. The reeds choke the channels, and the animals and the people wander inward, deeper and deeper, searching. Sand becomes layered with trash and animal corpses. That is the death. And as for the mystery, I can't even pretend that there is just one. Where does the water come from? What happens to it? Who exactly relies on it? And what if all of a sudden, it stopped? Over the last decade, people around the Delta have started asking these questions more frequently. And so one man decided he would go find the answers. And while on his mission, he uttered a phrase that has become both a gift and a curse. To this day, it is broadcast to millions of people across the world. I'll do everything in my power to protect this place. This is Dr. Steve Boyce. Steve is a South African zoologist whose family has lived in the Cape for over 200 years. I'll play it again. I'll do everything in my power to protect this place. He says it quickly, but it's a loaded statement. And with it, Steve has tied the fate of the Okavango water system to his own. And in some ways to mine. I'll tell you more about Steve in a minute. First, let me introduce myself. My name is Kerlen Costa. I'm an Angolan biologist. I started working with Steve in this region in 2016. First, as a volunteer, helping to collect wildlife data in eastern Angola, where the waters of the Delta start. Over time, I convinced Steve to bring me onto his team as a camera trapper. Camera trapping involves setting up motion-activated cameras to take photos of the animals wandering around the forest, the ones we cannot see in the light of day. Angola has spent the last 40 years either fighting a war or recovering from it, not conducting scientific surveys. So we have decades of research to catch up on, including knowing what animals live here. The more time I spent in these villages, the more I realized that science is just one piece in solving the mysteries of this region. Many of the clues live in the stories told by local people, in legend, myth, magic. One day, I was placing these cameras in the highlands of eastern Angola. Although I was in the middle of a dense forest, I could sense someone else was there. 
I turned my head. An indigenous hunter was watching me. He was athletic, shredded with thick muscles. His hands were calloused. His eyes were the kind that looked straight into your soul. He had a bow and arrow strapped to his back. I motioned him to sit with me on the spongy forest floor. The hunter shared his name, Sarabeka, and then cautioned me. This is not the place for me to tell you stories. I first need to absorb you. Then I will share things, or not. I followed the hunter to his village, and we sat around a huge fire. I remember having this sensation that the stars and the moon were sitting with us because they were so close. We don't speak the same language. I grew up in Luanda, Angola's capital where we were raised with Portuguese. Sarabeka spoke to me in Luchaz, an older language of Angola. There were long silences. And then finally, he said, I thought you were a Chindele. This means a foreigner or a westerner. He went on, although you look different, I can feel that you're somehow part of us. I think I can share some things with you. In the morning, Sarabeka and I walked deeper and deeper into the forest. There was no light, no paved roads. Landmines from Angola's 40 years of war were buried in the sand around us. Rusting tanks along the route, another reminder of the conflict, were the closest thing to a road sign. And then, there was a clearing. And right in the middle of it, a stretch of water so calm, it had no color. It mirrored everything below it and around it. It was a lake, and it was suspended atop the sand, almost like it should disappear any minute. This was the first time I had ever seen anything like it. And to me, it felt like it was all held together by magic. And it is. Because this is one of the more than 20 source lakes in Eastern Angola. Each one feeds a river flowing across Southern Africa. Some of them end up in the Okavango Delta, and some flow into Victoria Falls. These lakes are quite possibly some of the most important bodies of fresh water on this part of the continent. And yet, so few people know they exist. While the local community obviously has spent time in this place, I mean, Sarabeka is the one who brought me here, there is not a single structure or boat near the lake shores. It looks untouched, pristine, a conservationist stream. And I learned it is this way for one big reason. Mukisi. Staring down at the lake, Sarabeka told me the story of Mukisi in a whisper. Mukisi is a myth, passed between generations of local people. It is a dragon that lives in the source lakes and terrorizes any person who comes close to its shores. Mukisi is a demon. It kills, it destroys. It strikes fear in the hearts of local people. But I think that we've overlooked something about Mukisi. Something that could hold an important clue to the secrets of this place and how we can protect it. 
This podcast is a story of the guardians of the water and their secrets. These guardians have a monumental task, trying to protect a remote, near pristine environment facing threats from all sides, like wildfires, drought, habitat destruction, industrial development, overhunting, and charcoal production, as well as generational wounds from a history of colonialism, war, and displacement of indigenous people. What have we done to each other in the name of wilderness? Is there any place left in the world we can save from ourselves? And if so, will this water system be it? You're listening to Guardians of the River. I'm your host, Kerlan Costa, and we're a podcast exploring how to protect some of the most remote and wild places on the planet. Starting with the Okavango Delta and the Source Lakes. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to great audio.